When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This bonus episode of She Podcast is brought to you by Meet Edgar. Hey everyone, this is Jessica Kupferman. Welcome to She Podcast. I am alone at this moment because we are going to deliver some bonus episodes here at the end of the year, and this is our first one. It's pretty exciting. So Elsie and I, in case you're not aware, have a VIP group called the Super Squad. And for $5 a month through our Patreon, you have access to a Q&A every week done by either Elsie or myself. Once in a while, we have some special guests. So today, we're going to be playing one of our Q&A audios for you. It's a super squad where Elsie covers a whole bunch of cool stuff. Best practices for web integration for your podcast, podcast website landing page must-haves, how to get the most out of your microphone to avoid crackling and handling noise, setting clear goals for measurable success with your show, changing the name of your show and keeping the same feed and best options for remote recording, which is Elsie's specialty because she never has any Wi-Fi. So before we get started, there's just some quick notes. There are some times where Elsie says things like see here because she's showing examples of her screen. So you can get access to all the websites she mentions on our show notes and they'll be time coded. So if you go to shepodcast.com, you just go right to the episode notes and you'll be able to see everything she's talking about. Also, if you want to see the video, you do have to sign up for the Super Squad. Again, it's $5 a month and we're raising the price at the end of the month. So I would get in now. Patreon.com forward slash she podcast to sign up for our Super Squad. We are also wanting to let you guys know next year, our episodes are going to be going live Tuesday or Wednesday as opposed to Monday. So right now we record on Fridays. It goes up on Mondays. That's every week. That means that both our editor and our show notes creator. So basically John and Elsie. They never get a weekend off. I, on the other hand, am all set. But we're trying to make better lifestyle choices, trying to give everyone a break, a little vacation. I would also like to participate a little bit more, and I can't do it on weekends because of my schmoots. So if you need to adjust your schedule or your lives, it'll be up Tuesday or Wednesday instead of Monday. If this bothers you, we're very sorry, but we're just, you know, trying to do what's best for us. Next week on the show, you will get to experience the amazingness of Kristen Meinzer. She was our opening keynote at She Podcast Live, and that's going to be our bonus episode next week. And before we get going with Elsie's Q&A, let's chat in full about Meet Edgar, because we love them so much. Meet Edgar is a social media scheduling tool that helps you focus on your show, not on social. Elsie and I have been using them for ages and ages and ages, and they have a new pricing tier. The only thing they used to offer was $49. Now they have a $19 a month tier. So you can connect your RSS feed and all your favorite websites and let Edgar promote your episodes and and your archive automatically. You can add three social media accounts and post 10 times per week. So you can set up your recurring schedule, import your content. Edgar does the rest. It is really set and forget. So you can start your first month for just a dollar by visiting meetedgar.com forward slash sheet podcast. And I'm going to spell it for you. Meet with a T as in Tom, meet Edgar. As in, that's right, Edgar Bergen. I don't know any other Edgars. Uh, E-D as in dog, G as in girl, A-R, meetedgar.com forward slash she podcasts. It is 
by far the easiest way to reach more listeners without wasting your entire life on social media. Oy vey. Thank you guys so much. Away we go with the Q&A. Hello, friends. I'm ready here for you today. I'm just a tiny little bit earlier because I was trying to do some testing out StreamYard again because that's how I am looking to do this stuff today. And I'm still getting used to StreamYard with all the things that it does. So this is exciting. But alas, we are going to get started here very soon. So weird because I don't actually know <laughs> if anything is working. But um, we're going to, oh, look, hello, Facebook user, Facebook user. That's all I see. So you're going to have to give me your name un unless you sign in. So hopefully I'll be able to have people's names and stuff here so I can refer to you. So I'm just going to wait one more minute before I start to really address the questions that have come in that are really amazing questions. So I'm super stoked to be able to answer those for you today. Depending upon how fast I get through things, I might give you some really cool insight of a, like the beginnings of a really neat marketing your podcast stuff that I started to work on. It's kind of like in a spreadsheet form at this moment, but I think that it can be added to all the other things. Okay, great. Yay. And I sound great. Amazing. I'm so excited. So hopefully people will stay quiet here. I am not in the sexiest of places. There's like a really horrible background. Um, but alas, I am here for you. All right. So let's get started. We have a lot of questions to get through today. And I am going to start literally from how we began. If anybody has any questions, please put them in the chat so that I can answer them after I'm finished with the ones that were left prior to this. Unfortunately, I did not go back into Facebook to look other than after Tara's questions in there. So if there's another one in there and you're attending, please come back and post something in here. Okay, so I'm going to start right off the bat with Leanne's or Leanne's question. And she says, I'd love to hear about website integration options. What are the best ways to showcase your feed on WordPress, Facebook, others? How likely is it that your show is found and subscribed to without a website? For indie podcasters, anything lips and focused would be a bonus. Thanks. So Leanne, Le Leanne or Leanne, I am going to address this plus some of the questions that I have from Stephanie, I believe. Yeah, Stephanie Salmons. You also asked some stuff that have to do with website things. And I think that I'm going to address both of your questions sort of like in one thing. And I hope that it informs all the different places and the subtleties that maybe I don't get to. Please go ahead and again, respond to me here. Maybe later on, you can come in and ask away, ask away. Okay, so the first thing is we're going to address specifically about WordPress. Okay, WordPress stuff. Now, this isn't specifically either just to WordPress, but you all need to understand about uh, particularly for being found on Google Podcasts, there are some very specific things that you need to add, like a little code uh, bit, a little bit of code stuff inside of your website to be able to be found by Google Podcasts. Okay. 
So that is one thing that you really do need to do for your website, regardless of where you are. And I am going to get into specifics here as we move into some lips and specific stuff. But what I'm going to do after we finish here is I'm going to copy and paste every single one of the resources that I'm giving you into the description of this video so that you can go ahead and access all of that stuff. And that is going to be coming from Pod News because that is really just about being able to add that little bit of code. What does that do? That means that if anybody is using a computer, anybody's using an Android device, anybody that's using an iOS device, actually, if they, and for whatever reason, uh, either search for your show specifically, like the entire title of your show, or maybe your name and podcast, or maybe your, your, the topic, if you've got like some good search juice already happening at the top of the page, Google is going to start showing up your podcast. And it's going to lead to Google Podcasts. But what's really cool is that it's going to have a little like little tiny like rectangles and stuff where people can immediately listen to that show inside of search. My understanding is that coming up very soon, possibly in 2020, you know how when you start to search things inside of especially Google, you get like the choice to be able to, you know, shop or image search videos all of that stuff, I think that they're going to be starting to add podcasts to the mix. So that way it'll also have that. And that's actually where we want to get to. Okay. So I will share that information with you after we finish. That said, we're going to go into some Lipson Focus Solutions. There is something called the Lipson Publisher Hub, and that is a Lipson WordPress plugin, and it does all the things. Okay, all the things. So what that means is that you can go inside of your WordPress website, you go into the back in the same way that you would post a blog post. But when you add the Libsyn Publisher Hub, it actually can do everything, meaning you can add your podcast that way. You can upload your audio into that specific plugin. And no, it does not go into your website. It actually like connects to your Libsyn account. So even though you're uploading it right inside of WordPress, it's actually sending it over to the Lipson server. So you don't have to go in there and do everything. And so once you publish it inside of WordPress, it just automatically goes into all the different places. And I asked specifically about being able to then have the code added to Google Podcasts, the one that I was going to share before. You actually, there's a little place that you can add that information inside of the Lipson Publisher Hub. So if your thing is plugins, that is the solution for Lipson. Now, if you don't even want to have a WordPress site and you don't want to even deal with that stuff in terms of Lipson, it does have a very solid Lipson podcast page that already is optimized for all of these different things. So it's already optimized for Google Podcast. It's already has the ability to get you into like Google Analytics, like you can add that stuff into that. So you don't really need to have anything extra when it comes to having the Libsyn website. I am going to now, I'm going to be fancy and I'm going to see if I can share my screen so that you guys can see some of the things that I am talking about here. So what we have right here is Emily Prokop's website and, I, and she is here from the Super Squad. This is her show, The Story Behind, and she is using a Lipson-specific podcast page for her show, okay? So what she has done here is she has absolutely optimized it and made it her own 
So you can see here that she's got like this amazing call to action right at the top. There are all of these lovely buttons that you can use to subscribe to her show. She has hyperlinks to all of these extra things. You can code all this directly within the Libsyn website, the dashboard itself. Lovely players. Then she has also this lovely branded buttons here on the side. You can see all of the things that she wants to do here. And so the players are all set up. It also has very basic things, just an about page, a contact page, and then just episodes that you can actually browse through in terms of categories or maybe looking at the archives of the show about depending upon where it's gone. So this is a very, very basic website that you can have for your show. And it does everything that you would want it to have to do if you have a podcast. Okay. So this is a little bit more done more, right? This one here is also another Libsyn website. And this is for a show called The Affordable Interior Design. And she's got a really lovely image right at the top. She offers premium content via Libsyn. She's got her picture right at the top. It tells you where to go. Again, there's a hyperlink to her main website right below it. All of the links of how to get in contact with her. And then it again, she has just real basic, a basic player here where you can find all of the things. So that's really, you don't really need much more than that. If you are having a real basic sort of like website thing happening for yourself. So I'll give you a, a little bit of insight into when I don't suggest that you do this for yourself. If you have a business, that's your main source of everything, right? If you're selling things, if you need people to come to your website, if building an email list is something that you really need to work on, if there's something specific that you need people to do inside of your website itself, this is not the option for you. This kind of option is for people who are essentially either just starting out or somebody that really wants to have everything is about their podcast. So they, there's really nothing more. With those websites that I was showing, um, especially with uh, story behind and stuff, you can actually add right here on the right-hand side where Emily has the list of her stuff. You can actually be able to add like one of these little squares on the right-hand side to have somebody subscribe to the show. And you can actually add that too. Let's see if what we have going on here. I'm going to her about page. So she has the, her about page and she's made sure that she has written all of these really beautiful little things. She's got a story behind Media Kit that's uh, hyperlinked over here. This is HTML. So if you have a little embed code from something like MailChimp or AWeber or any of that stuff, you can actually embed it here and people can subscribe to an email list if that's what you want to do here. Now, even though this is what I have here and this is all Lipson centric I don't want you to think that only Libsyn offers this because this is kind of a little bit more of a bipartisan space, even though I work for Libsyn and I love Libsyn and I think that this is the easiest thing that you could possibly do for yourself. It serves its issues. If you are hosting with anybody else, Simplecast offers podcast pages like this. Buzzsprout does as well. Podbean does as well. Like most reputable podcast hosts up there offer podcast pages in this kind of a very basic way so that you can have a web presence and you don't have to add anything specific. For most of uh, the hosting websites, you don't really need anything extra, meaning there is nothing more that you have to pay for to get this for yourself, okay? 
I know. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much. We're totally sharing your website here. And there you are. Isn't that amazing? So yeah, I'm just showing off what you have going on in here because it's so beautifully done. But again, we're, I'm going to actually switch uh, pages here. And I'm going to go over to uh, what Radio Public is offering as well, just so that you guys know what's out there. Again, most of these podcast pages are available for free from most reputable podcasting sites, and all of them are optimized in some lovely way. But there's also services like this one. This is Radio Public. This is not a free service, but they've just started to push this forward. They have Radio Public Pro, and it's $12 per month. It includes, obviously, everything in the basic category, which you can actually get for free. And it says, look, a standard podcast marketing landing page, which is kind of what we're looking at here, where they highlight feature episodes, showcase host contributed bios and all kinds of stuff. So they've got all this really neat things that you can actually get from Radio Public for free, which are optimized for the website. But if you want to do anything with the $12 per month thing, they actually have like this enhanced web embed player thingy-majigger that you can actually put in your email address in there and then have people subscribe that way. They have vanity podcast feed URL stuff and call to action and all kinds of other extra things that you can pay for. And it's really well done. So it's very beautifully crafted. Again, this is extra if this is your thing and you feel like this is something that you want to invest in, please go ahead and do that. The podcast pages, again, these are for people who are browsing online trying to get to your website. Okay. All right. So those are the easiest, most basic things that you can do. You do not need to have an extra website to do this. Now that said, I do have other questions, for, especially from Stephanie, as in like, you know, how do we get found? How do we optimize these pages and all of that stuff? So with some of these podcast pages that come from the podcasting sites, they are already optimized for mobile consumption. They already have one button um, subscriptions. They may not necessarily be the most customizable for you and maybe your aesthetic. They may allow for a limited amount of customization of your brand. But because they are already optimized for podcast consumption, then, you know, you kind of take it for what it's worth. But if you want to up-level a little bit more, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of what I feel are really fundamental things that you need to have on a website. And I'm going to be using another Super Squad member, Tara McMullen, who is actually, she asked a question. I'm going to go ahead and answer her here very soon. And also another one of my clients that I have from the Creative Next podcast. But let's look at Tara's landing page here. So this is for her show, What Works. And one of the key things that I want you to see from these landing pages is that they have to have a certain amount of key things in these landing pages. What does that mean in terms of landing page? That doesn't mean there's anything special. It means that in on your website, you need to create a page that gives all of this extra information. So What Works, that's her podcast. Obviously, huge picture of her show artwork. Then it gives you information, candid conversations with small business owners about what's working to run and grow their business. So that's immediate. It catches what it is. She's got a little bit of social proof here where she's got a review. Then when you start to go about like a little bit lower, you see about the podcast, right? What exactly it is and what you're going to be getting. But this is the key thing that I teach every single one of my clients. And I love that this is here. You see here where it says, why a podcast? So the why a podcast here is because we've got to explain to our people why 
listening to a podcast is important because why not read an article? Why not follow you on Instagram? Why do they have to listen to a show? I mean, an episode, like what's the extra thing? So one of the things she says here is she says, because you can take this free in-depth audio content wherever you go. Duh. I mean, it can be as simple as that. There's a lot of people who don't understand that. They think that listening to a show is going to keep them there. Anyway, there's a little um, a little player here on the right-hand side. And then when you come down, just scroll down the page a little bit, and it says, listen and subscribe for free. This is important. People think that there's something wrong um, or that you have to pay for these things in your favorite podcast app. And look, she's got all of these buttons right here ready for you to subscribe with one click. And it's beautiful. And it's set up so beautifully. So as you keep scrolling down, some of her episodes are right below. And there you have it. So that's one example of a lovely podcast landing page. Let's look at Creative Next. So Creative Next is doing the same thing. If I were only to show you here, it gives you the ability here to understand what's going on with their show here on the left-hand side as to like, welcome, thanks so much for coming here. This is what they're about, right? And then it explains on the right-hand side what Creative Next is, who the people are, and what are the things that they're doing with their show. There's also a player that you see right at the bottom that this is something they put together, right? With their web person is the one that coded this stuff. I'm not sure if this is added inside of a template, but it's lovely that there's a player right at the bottom that stays when you scroll. But this is my favorite part about this page. Podcast? What's that? And then it, it describes Creative Next is an audio show. It actually just in your face, super explains it, right? Consuming cool content should fit comfortably into your life by making a podcast, an audio recording of our interviews and analysis. We give you the opportunity to hear us anywhere, anytime that is most convenient for you. Subscribe and give it a try. So this, it doesn't take it for granted that you know what the heck a podcast is. Then there's a description of how you can get all these things. Listen right now. And then it tells you exactly how to listen to a show on their website. Listen later or on the go. And it explains exactly how you listen to shows on the go using what apps. And then subscribe now, whether or not you want to subscribe to the show. And then it actually has a key. Mind you, this website has um, a very specific key, meaning that every one of the episodes has these little things where people can actually do what they need to do to, to subscribe to the show. So you can play the episode, you can download the episode, you can read a Medium article that has to do with the episode, or you can share the episode via social media. So every single one of those episodes here on their shows, let's go ahead and look at the shows really quickly so that you can see what that looks like. And then you can see here that they've got the, you know, their guests, they're beautifully branded in terms of what their brand looks like visually. And you can easily understand that that's to play, that's to download, that's to share. And they've coded this to optimize the ability to listen to the show. Again, it gives you exactly what to look for. So I hope that that helps you guys to understand a little bit of what it takes to create a podcast page that's going to get people to keep looking. All right. So discussing more at length, every one of these landing pages needs to have some kind of a player or playlist player for a taster. It needs to have a description of your show and it needs to be succinct and aimed at your audience. You need to have one button subscribe for Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
and Google Podcasts. Those three are super important. But as you saw from What Works and as you saw from Creative Next, there are more things, right, that you can get for them. Also, why a podcast? This is something every single one of us needs to be able to verbalize to an audience that may or may not be familiar with podcasts because you, we are talking about websites here. Most people that are looking for content, let's say, I don't know, entrepreneurial content or AI automation or something like that, like the Creative Next show, they might land on that website and be really interested in the content, but they don't really know what to do next or what the heck is this podcast thing versus finding Creative Next or what works inside of a podcast app. If you are found inside of a podcast app or you're featured, like let's say in an article promoting podcast, like the top 10 whatever podcast about blah, blah, you already know that that those people are going to resonate because they know what the podcast is. But if somebody bumps onto your website, they need you need to talk to them as if they've never been exposed to a podcast before and why listening is above and beyond something else. And then a little bit of podcasting education. So you need to offer to people why they should listen before anything else. So especially for those of you guys who are thought leaders in your industry and happen to have a lot of other teachings on your website, is there a difference for you? And this is a question that you need to answer for yourself. Is there a difference? Like, let's say you're writing about how to decorate the best Christmas tree and you go through all of the different things that you need to do to decorate the best Christmas tree and where to get decorations and all that stuff. And you cover an episode on that, but you also create a blog post or your show notes about that. Is there something more that they get by listening to your show versus just reading your blog? And does it matter to you? Does it matter that somebody just wants to read the stuff? I just want to know what the steps are versus somebody who just wants to immerse themselves and they want to hear you talk about it and the subtleties of what that is. I can tell you that, you know, there are people who are on our email list for She Podcasts and we send out our show notes every single time. And I know that there's a lot of people who may or may not be subscribed to She Podcasts, but they don't listen to every single episode. There are a lot of you guys who do listen to every single episode and thank you so much because that's amazing. But there's also a lot of people who don't. They actually just get the newsletter. They kind of quickly scan the show notes that we have in there and they go, hmm, you know what? I want to listen to them talk about it. And other times they don't even want to listen. They just want to click through to all of the links that we talked about and that's enough. So what I'm asking you is, is that enough? Do you really want them to listen to the show? And if you really want them to listen to the show, then you have to do everything possible to give them the benefits of what listening is versus anything else, okay? So I hope that I answered some of those questions in there. In terms of SEO stuff, I'm just going to address something really quickly here, uh, Stephanie. So I'm kind of moving to Stephanie's question asked, I'd love to know what the latest thought strategies are for publishing your podcast to your website and particularly for getting found in your contest in in Google search. Is it short and sweet show notes or full transcripts or both? I've been reproducing blog posts for my edited transcriptions, but it's time consuming. Thanks. So in adding to all the stuff that I've already added, I think a podcast landing page is absolutely important. It's something that needs to give you everything, right? When it comes to show notes, it depends. I just worked with another client and I love her show. Her name is Michelle McQuaid and her show is called 
making positive psychology work. And her show is really great. It's very succinct and very specific. She has time-coded show notes. She does not have full transcripts on there. And we were talking about this, this same exact question. But what she has found from her audience is that people tend to binge listen to a lot of her shows. They also love the reference aspect. So they may be moving around when she has an interview or has some resources. And she also gives little cheat sheets for her show. So these people need to come back. Once they sit in front of the computer, they like to come back and they like to look at the time codes, re-listen to things and download stuff and be part of her own ecosystem on the website. So that's like audience retention versus something else that you can create where a blog post can be not necessarily even bullet points, not necessarily a transcript, but a very keyed sort of description of what your episode is about or the value that it brings to the table. I'm actually going to go back to, okay, so let's look at the websites again, but I'm actually going to go to what works again so that you can see one of Tara's show notes and what she does with it. So she is, what she, essentially she does is she uses images in order to do a lot more content marketing with them. They're beautiful and they're easily shareable, obviously, in all the different places. They, she doesn't have to redo all that stuff. But coming down here, she gives you really quickly a quick summary. So if somebody is not going to keep scrolling, they immediately know that, my God, with these four bullet points, I know what the show is going to be about. And there's a player right underneath it. So you don't even have to keep going. But Tara delivers even more. So if you keep going down, she actually writes this stuff out. This is her intro for her show. So she's already scripting this for herself, but she does it in a way that feels incredibly informational and her intros are jam-packed with insight. So all of the stuff here, you can read. You can actually read this as a blog post and be done with it. So she may give you insight enough and maybe you don't want to read anything else, but she also keys in as to why you need to listen versus just reading. She says, pay close attention to how Toy talks about her mindset shift away from thinking of her work as labor into thinking of it as a partner in leadership, right? That's already like, oh my God, I need to listen to this. So she invites you to listen. There's another player right over there. Then she's got all the other stuff here at the bottom that you can do. But you see how she's laid that out there. It gives you information. It gives you value right from the get-go. And then you can go ahead and listen to her show, which is awesome. So it depends on how what you want to do it. Also, you have to really think about time and resources for yourself, Stephanie. If it's too time consuming and you're feeling like it's not working for you, how can you streamline it so that you can build it out? Because remember, you're going to be building sort of like a legacy of your work on your website so that you can both deliver value on the website, but also introduce people to want to understand the benefit of actually listening to your show. So you can do it the way that Tara did it. You can do it the way that I do it for She Podcast, which I have like a paragraph right at the beginning. There's a player, then I have bullet points and time codes because I want people to pick and choose where they want to listen and what they want to listen to, refer back to it. So you can do it that way as well. At this point in time, ShePodcast.com, obviously it's more for our brand, but in terms of listening, uh, it's not necessarily the place that people are going to go listen to our show. Usually people tend to subscribe to ShePodcast. So I hope that that um, answers some of your questions there. Uh, if you have any more questions, just let me know. Add them to the list right there. Now I'm going to go back up a little bit and answer the second uh, question here. This is, uh, let me see, April Moreno. 
She says, I'm just seven months into my podcast and I am pleased to have been, uh, have about 850 downloads. This topic of my podcast is about autoimmune living for women. So it's not as popular as other topics like true crime or anything. So oh, I am okay with smaller growth scale, but I have just one review so far. What are some small wins that can work towards even though I haven't been around for years and years? Can I plan for some level of success even at this small scale? From what I gather, is it too soon from Patreon or membership or events? Any advice is appreciated. Okay, so here's my answer for you. We're going to talk some stats really quickly here. Um, and I want you guys can maybe even slow some of this stuff down. So these are mean and median numbers, and they're based on episodes released in the month of October with downloads measured until the end of November. So each one of these files was 45 days old. So the median number for October was 126 downloads, a little, you know, so that's 126, y'all. 126, that's the median, right? So if your episodes are getting over 126 downloads after 30 days, you're better than half the show. So that would be your first aim to be able to get, if you release an episode on December 1st, if you look at your episode in December 31st, your first goal is to get to that 126 downloads per episode per month. That's it. That's where you're aiming for. Divide that number into four and then look at those numbers and see in what way can you reach whatever that amount is, right, for each week and then see if you can move towards that number. All right. So that's a pretty kind of like a little bit of a low number there. If you start to think about aiming, that's the first goal that you need to look for. And I also want you to think about this if you want to track it, this is what I suggest looking at these data points. And I, I actually covered this at the beginning in fe February when I did this in one of the Q&As. So number one, track the first 48 hours and the first week of the episode after it's released and look at those metrics and see if they're growing. And that means for that one episode, doesn't mean in total, okay? Doesn't mean in total for that one episode. Obviously, you want to see a trending upward line. Can you then trace back the marketing and outreach in some way to see what you feel worked or what didn't work for growth? Because you have to check to see if it worked, whatever it is that you did, and then shift, change things around, test it and do it again. You have an opportunity to be able to do that. Really assess time, resources and money investment. And this goes all the way back into what I was talking to um, Stephanie about before. Hey, if it's taking you so long to use transcripts, which I'm not a really big fan of, then don't do transcripts. Do something that is actually going to be easier for you to do and find another way to get the results that you need to do that. So there are so many different ways to do show notes. But here, when we're talking about uh, this, I'm talking here about um, pr production as in, in total. What's the thing that's the biggest time suck? What are the things that are the hardest for you to get through, right? Where do you need to spend more time in? And you have to assess that for yourself. Nobody else is going to give you solutions. I mean, if I tell you, you need to tweet, you know, 25 times a day and you hate Twitter and you don't even know anything about Twitter and you're just going to do it because I said it, it's not going to work. So what are your expectations for your podcast? What are the overall goals for your show? And here's a really, really important one. Is a podcast the best way to achieve your goals? So if it's like having fun and getting a lot of experience, getting behind the microphone and producing content and just doing it for its own sake, really serving women with autoimmune disease, whether it's, you know, five women or whether it's 20 women, if that's your focus to be of service, then this is amazing. But if 
It is about building a business because you need to be making money like right now. I would say a podcast is not the best thing for you to be spending your time doing. Like if I need to make money right now, I personally, after being 10 years into this, I would never start a podcast. I would go get myself a job or I would go get myself some clients and I would do all kinds of reputable things to get my money in the table. And it wouldn't be making a podcast. I'd probably make more money making podcasts for other people. So you have to understand, is the podcast the best to achieve your goals? You have to be honest with yourself. Again, another thing to measure, audience feedback, community engagement. How's it going? Can you at minimum gauge a positive or negative response to the podcast? Even if it's one person that liked your post or left you a little comment or sent you an email and all of that stuff, do it. Now, if you're going like, I'm not getting any responses, do you have a dialogue established? Do your people know that they can email the show? Do you have an email address for your show? Do you have a system for getting conversations? Maybe it's going to be Instagram. There's a lot of you guys who love to have conversations on Instagram. Maybe that's the way you want to do it. Everybody follow me on Instagram, DM me or whatever there or comment on my post. That's where I am all day, every day. Maybe that's your thing, but you have to direct them to a place. You can't just say, give me feedback. Okay. Get very specific over and over again. And again, set clear goals. So what are your goals? Download numbers, opt-in sign up for your newsletter, direct purchases if that's your thing and you're selling stuff. Is it sponsorship? Are you looking to have sponsorship for your show? Feedback, community engagement. Also, one really basic thing, does your audience do what you ask? Do they take action on your stuff? Because that's super, super important. Again, small wins that you can measure consistently publishing your show. Can you stick to your schedule? Number two, consistent high level of content. It's really hard to continually do that. And then last thing is feeling that you're getting better and better with each episode. That's part of the growth curve. And with, uh, in terms of podcasts, it does take a time to grow it for sure. Aim for about 3% growth month over month with your podcast downloads or even adding the entire ecosystem that you have for your, you know, social media people, newsletters, whatever it is that you have. If it's just your show, that's perfectly fine. But thinking about 3% growth and you can figure all that stuff out fairly easily with doing a little bit of math. So I hope that that um, was great for you to listen, to check it out. All right. Julia asks, I have three entry-level mics, a Yeti and a Q2U and a Samsung Go mic that all produce decent sound until I start to say something that gets me passionate and loud. And then the sound gets all crackly. I can lean away from the mic to minimize this, but then I lose richness too. I am wondering if you have a recommendation for a mic. Uh, I could upgrade to, to that would be a good job of recording sharp increases in volume without losing audio quality. Do you think that the high LPR 30 would do the trick? Thanks so much. Okay. So number one thing um, here, and I'm actually going to add the next question that I have from Stephanie to the mix as well, because I'm, I'm using a um, Samsung Q2U right over here, which you are talking about that, that you have this microphone as well. Okay. So these are generally the Q2U. Um, I think the Go mic is a condenser microphone. This is, a, the Yeti is a condenser. The Q2U is a dynamic and the High LPR 30 is also a dynamic. So the first thing that I have to say, and I'm going to 
this is what I'm going to lead with and what I'm going to stick with for the most possible amount of time here is that you need to know mic technique. And that includes you being able to self-monitor. You have got to get better at it. Okay? That's the number one thing. You've got to listen to yourself talking. And it doesn't matter if you get excited and, you know, you want to be passionate. Learning mic technique gives you the option to know exactly how to do all of the things that you're talking about. Okay? So let me give you a little bit of background in terms of what I mean from this. And I'm going to bring my acting background into the mix here. So I was trained as a stage actor. Okay. That's what I, where I lived on stage, being able to take the stage, being able to project out, being able to stand certain ways so that I wouldn't upstage people that I wasn't supposed to be upstaging, that I would learn how to hold my body so everybody could see my face angled in a certain specific way. I also knew that even if I had a very, you know, emotional moment that was very quiet, I still had to project my voice because people needed to hear me. Most of the time, a lot of stage actors are not miked. Okay. It depends on what theater and all of that stuff. But most of the time, you do still need to be able to project. Okay. Then I, I came into uh, Hollywood and then I started to have a different type of acting, which is acting for the camera. And in fact, acting for the camera, even from the change of like doing commercials or doing TV and doing movies is completely different than stage. So even acting classes, when I started to take acting classes after getting my MFA and I started to take acting classes in Hollywood, I had to redo everything. And I couldn't be as big anymore. I actually had to t tone it down. And I was like, I can't even believe this. In stage acting, you can't, you're not supposed to do neck up acting. Your whole body needs to be involved. On stage and screen, a lot of the time, all they're focusing in is your face. And you have to have all of your energy right in your face. So you're like, what the? Wow. So I had to readjust that. I couldn't tell. And then how many times was I told? To tone it down, I can't even tell you. I had to be more subtle. In fact, the camera picks up everything, like everything. It's so much more distinct where your face can carry so much more than when you're on stage because it's a different mode. So you have to think of being behind the mic as different than talking to your friends having a deep conversation with somebody in front of you or you being on stage doing a presentation of you being hired for like doing a mastermind with people in one room. Like that's another way for you to be able to engage with people when you're recording a podcast, whether it is you by yourself as a solo person or when you are interviewing somebody else, it is your duty to adjust to the parameters of what you have so that you can land it in the way that needs to be landed. And part of it is understanding mic technique. So for me, that's the number one thing. That's it. I'm going to actually go into mic technique and then give you some hardware stuff afterwards. Because here's the thing. It's not about your microphone. Okay. It's not about your microphone. It doesn't matter how awesome your mic is. If you don't start to pay attention to what you do and how it affects your sound and how to adjust yourself. 
No mic is going to do that for you. All right. So I'm going to give you some data here. I forgot where the source is right now. If I can find it easily, I'll give it to you. But this really nailed it to me. You are 50% of the sound quality. The location slash the space is 20% of the sound quality. The mic position is 20% of the sound quality. The mic is 10% of the sound quality. Okay? The microphone is 10%. Your positioning, your location, and you are 90%. So you will learn what works with your voice by practicing. You will learn what doesn't work with your voice. You will learn what your mic picks up. You will learn what your mic doesn't pick up. You will learn to discern how to adjust yourself to get better. You will make sure that you are truly picking up your mic, right? All of the stuff from monitoring yourself. And again, always trust your ears and listen to find the sweet spot. Because I'm holding this for Stephanie because she wanted me to show how I hold it. But if I had this guy, I'll show you where it would go. It would go right here. So you can tell that the microphone isn't picking up as much from when I'm in this position. In fact, I can hear it in my ears. I need to bring it this close to my mouth. So I know that that's how I have to work this mic. I'd had to figure it out. Also, adjust, readjust, and do it again. Only way to do it. Once you hear the best sound, remember what you did. Look at the microphone to see your relationship with it. So you always have to see like, oh my God, I'm this close. I sound really good. Ooh, I need to remember that. The mic instruction manual is also your friend. So you get to know what it is. YouTube is amazing for being able to figure out how to get the best sound for your mic. And also making sure you know your mic's directional patterns. That's like super important. So all of that stuff is so, so important. That said though, if you really don't want to deal with all of that stuff, then yeah, the Hyo PR30 is a lot more, it is beautiful. You don't have to have it this close. In fact, when I work with my Hyo PR40, I work with it a little bit lower. It's like almost like a handprint, like a hand width, and it actually picks up stuff pretty well with the Hyo PR30. I have to use it differently than I use this microphone. This one, I, it needs to be closer. The PR30 is a fantastic microphone, but again, you have, and it's a lot more sensitive. So you have got to know what the heck first. Now, if you don't want to deal with that, you've got to know about compression. You need to know at minimum, set your gain low so that when you start to peak, it doesn't crackle and doesn't get so crazy. You're going to have to do that on your own before you send it to somebody else. Because if you peak out, it's really hard to fix that audio in post-production. So you can also hire an audio engineer that could clean up your audio and be willing to pay for someone to do their very best to clean it up because not all audio is salvageable, especially when you peak out and your levels are so high. You can always bring the gain up or like in post-production, have the leveling go up. You can always do that, but you can never bring it down. It's still going to sound weird, okay? So you can definitely do that. Again, I would suggest getting really comfortable with your mic. Now, Stephanie, in terms of like how to hold the Q2U, I don't know if you've noticed, but I haven't been moving too much. This hand has been steady. So moving around a lot like this will probably give you noise, maybe not with the mic itself, 
but with the cords, with this cord, with things that are close to the microphone that click on it, earrings, all of those things. I don't know why you're getting so much hand noise with your microphone. Maybe it is static as well. Because what I do is I hold it like I will not let go. Like I am hard, like I'm squeezing it as hard as possible here and have it in one place and I don't move anything else. The places that you get a lot more mic noise are anytime that you bump it into different places. If you like moving the cords, any kind of cord that you have attached to it, moving your hand up and down the stem of this uh, microphone will probably do stuff like that bumping it around always. And again, going back to you as 50% of your audio production, what is it that you are doing and how are you moving to create that noise? And part of it is being able to catch yourself exactly when you are getting that mic noise, that mic, you know, whatever that might be. Is it when you're turning your face? Is it when you are shifting your body? Is it when the cords are hitting something? Is it when you are moving your hand around? What does it? And how do you find that out? By monitoring yourself, by being able to hear that in the first place. Oh my God, I'm getting so much hand noise from this. I need to stop that. Where is this noise coming from? So you've got to be able to do it from that perspective. So you want it close up. This is it. Just really hard squeezing very solid hold. I'm not moving it at all. I am generally moving this hand if I'm moving it like that. And that's about the extent of it. All right. I hope that answers your questions. Here we go for the last one. Tara McMullen. Yay, Tara. All right. So she says, relaunching a podcast after a hiatus with a new name, although pretty similar content. Better to restart the same feed or better to start a new feed. Thanks. All right. So you know, if your audience is essentially the same, keep the same feed, especially if it's the same-ish type of content. That's my advice. And here are some key things. Let them know ahead of time of the change, meaning you prep these people. You prep them maybe with the relaunch of the show. Hey, you may have known this show was the last Christmas tree standing, and now we're moving to new Christmas trees how they live. <laughs> I don't know. I have a Christmas tree in front of me, which is why that's happening. And you start that process to make sure that the people understand you can actually put in like a little placeholder kind of thing. Maybe you're not ready to fully come out of hiatus, but you'd put it out like a little promo on the feed. Hey guys, thanks so much for just subscribing to my old podcast, whatever it is that was about blah, 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 blah. Just know that we are going to be relaunching the show and it's going to be so great. It's going to be about this and it's going to be named this. So if you see that the artwork changed, blah, 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 blah. And then tell them that the reason I want you guys to stay subscribed is because we're going to be talking about and then sell them on that. You do that very well. So just really focus on being able to prepare them for the change so that they don't get confused when they start to see that. And again, tell them that the past content will still be available if that's the case. So there's some people who actually remove the past episodes that are not branded properly from their feeds. That is really up to you to be able to do that. It really depends on how evergreen the content is and whether or not it's something that's no longer something that you, even though it's really good, but you just don't want people to kind of go there anymore. That's fine too, but it depends. So you tell them if it's going to be available from then on. And also introduce them to the rebrand, right? So let them know the artwork's a little different. Maybe, maybe 
they're listening to an episode and they don't see artwork or whatever and just tell them it's going to be changing. It used to be green and blue and now it's going to be pink and orange. So if you see a pink and orange with my face on it, it's this, right? So you tell them what that is. And, you know, there's a bunch of folks that have done this. I mean, a lot. A lot of people have done this. So my suggestion is just to sum it all up. If it's a completely like new subject for a new show, yes, get a new feed. But it's a lot much harder to get folks to switch feeds than it is to have them unsubscribe, right? I mean, it just makes sense. So if they're already subscribed and they love you or love the host of the show, they'll stay subscribed. But if they don't, then they'll totally unsubscribe. And like, that's perfectly fine. Starting a new show from scratch is a lot harder. You're going to have to start from all the things, from everything that you already have built. And also... People who have subscribed to that feed in Apple Podcast, you're going to lose whatever juice you've gotten from the existence of your show in Apple Podcast for whatever amount of time you've had in there. Because you also have to remember searchability is based on all-time subscribers. So if you've got all, all-time subscribers, however you've been there, a show that has been in Apple Podcast since 2006 is naturally going to rank higher in search than somebody who is just now establishing their podcast in 2019 or 2020. Okay, so keep that in mind as as well. Okay, so I have a last question here from Tara, and then I'm going to look at what's going on in the notes here. So Tara also asks, also, I know you're not a fan of Zencaster. What are your best alternatives? We used it for two years with 95% success, but lately it's been a mess and it's been a bigger mess for our clients. I'm interested in Squadcast, even with the advisory board kerfuffle, but I'm loath to give up the backup recording that I get when I talk to my guest via Skype eCam call recorder and record on Zencaster. Okay. So yeah, I, I actually reached out to the Squadcast team for your behalf to make sure that I have a clear understanding of what's going on on their end so that you feel more closely or better about it, right? So first of all, this is what they said to me. The team told me that they have automatic, this is quote, quote, automatic backups of the whole conversation built into the studio, end quote. They have that set up. I also found from Evo Terra, who is also a friend and also podcast coach, he said that they keep the VoIP version of the calls as a backup. It's not exposed in their dashboard, but they'll provide it with a quick reset via chat. Okay, so all of that there is set for you as a backup. So they do two recordings. The other thing is that remember that if something fails in terms of bandwidth or internet, no service can help with that, right? Okay. So given that you still want to have a local, I'm going to give you an option to having a local recording on your own, which I understand why that would be important for you for sure. Okay. So you would have to solve that problem via hardware. Right now I have invested in a Rodecaster Pro. It is about $599. And actually I didn't invest in the 500. I'm saying that wrong. Sorry. It was given to me by the Roadcaster people, but I would invest in the pod and Roadcaster Pro just to be clear. So Rode sent me a Roadcaster Pro, which I have been testing deeply. I love that machine. So what's really cool about that is that you can set it up and it essentially works with anything that you have going on on the computer. So you can have separate tracks for yourself recording into the Roadcaster and all the computer sound going into the Roadcaster so that you have two separate tracks. You're recording that as you do it. 
You can do that with anything that you use. You don't have to do it via Squadcast. You can do the same backup using Zoom. You can do the same backup via Skype, like all of that stuff, because it's a hardware backup. It's recording you and it's recording the computer. So you have those two separate things that you can manage. Um, you can also do it with something simpler like the Zoom H4n. You can actually set that up as a, an external audio interface, which is what I was told from the Squadcast guys. There's somebody who's doing that with their system. So if you want to get the scoop on that, please feel free to reach out to them. In fact, I have an email address, guys. It is Zach, Z-A-C-H at Squadcast.fm. And they have said that they are open to being able to talk with you one-on-one uh, -on -one to uh, be able to figure out what it is that you need to do and how to do it. They're amazing. They're a really, really cool team. And um, I really like dig them. So you can actually have your own thing happening again locally for yourself, or they can take care of it on that back end. I totally understand if your clients are not willing to do something like that, I would say, you know, if you do have somebody that has a little extra cash to add to the mix, investing in a roadcaster would probably be one of their best investments. It will pay for itself over and over in so many different situations. So if you want to talk to me about it specifically, or if you guys want me to talk more about the Roadcaster Pro and why I feel for a lot of you guys in this group, not everybody, it's a great solution. I'm happy to do that. All right. I'm looking at Danielle's stuff here. She says, hi, Elsie. I'm just joining. Do you have any info from the new Edison Research First Podcast Consumer Tracker Report in terms of purchasing and some consumption patterns of Podcast listeners, I'm preparing talking points to make this pitch to a potential sponsor and was looking for useful data from Edison Research and Share and include on the media kit. Thanks. Dude, this is when Google is your friend. <laughs> because if you do have, actually you went to, well, and you have the Edison Research stuff just for women that was given out in She Podcast Live. They have that data actually available on their website. So even if you just go ahead and do that, like Google it, man. Edison Research Podcast Consumer 2019. I'm not sure if that's come out already. Edison Research, She Podcast Live, Hear Her. I think that that's the name of the thing was Hear Her or She Her or something. I forgot what it was. Go ahead and do that. Those two things is what I would say. Google it, dude, because all of that stuff is public. It's on the websites and it's better than me talking about it because that's the most boring thing ever in the whole entire planet. So I think that I am finished, y'all. I did all of the things that I said I was going to do, and um, I hope that that was helpful. Let me know if you want me to follow up on any questions that you might have wanted to know more about. And I am, <laughs> I love to see you here, Jessica Kupferman. Um, and then I'm ready to skedaddle, yo. About She Listens, that's it, She Listens. I knew it was something she, something or other. You can use that, Danielle, but also the podcast consumer is available to you, so go forth, dude, do that. And we are going to be ending here because holy crap, I've been talking for an hour and I'm sick of myself. So follow up and I will be putting all the links in the description. Bye, y'all. Wasn't she amazing? She's always so smart. I love me some Elsie Escobar. Let me tell you what. So just a quick reminder, if you want to watch the video, sign up for our Super Squad. I'll be in there next week doing the same exact thing. And I'd love to answer questions about monetization, processes, sales, how to do all the things, marketing, branding, maybe how to grow. 
uh, not maybe how to grow. I can talk about how to grow. I'm just saying maybe you need to know how to grow. So yeah, I'll be in there next week. Go to patreon.com forward slash she podcast. Join for $5 a month. And finally, thank you to our sponsor, Meet Edgar. Remember to head over to meetedgar.com forward slash she podcast to get your first month for a dollar. One dollar, one dollar, one dollar. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>